0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Friday, May 24th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We're gonna have some fun on today's show. We're gonna do a couple of top five lists. We're gonna do the top five offensive linemen of the Urban Meyer era. We're also gonna do the top five defensive linemen of the Urban Meyer era. So if you're a fan of the big guys up front, you're gonna love today's show. Um and there's so many good ones to pick from. Jonah, uh, you know, let's, I will, I will kick it to you. Should we go O-line or D-line first? What do you think we should do, my friend?
1: Let's get the O-line started first.
0: Okay. All right. And I went, uh, we'll go five to one. We'll each do five and then we'll, you know, give each other's, you know, five, four, three. We'll go from there. You go first. You give me your number five and then I'll go with my number five.
1: All right. Starting off. My number five. I'm going with Corey Lindsley, and the reason why I have him in my top five is he was a guy that was pretty much looking to quit football. Uh, Urban Meyer talked him back into it, and what he done, what he what he was able to do um, once you know he decided to come back was he started the center tradition at Ohio State uh, that's been pretty much paved the way for the Billy Prices and the the Pat F lines. And uh, uh, Jacoby Bourne. So I think uh, paying homage to Corey Lindsley there when Urban Meyer first took over is my number five selection. One of my
0: favorites. I'm taking the easy way out for number five. I have a tie. So feel free if you need to be that guy that has a tie at some point, I'm getting it out of the way here. Um, I have a tie between Corey Lindsley and Andrew Norwell. Um, you know, a couple of guys. You said everything about Corey Lindsley. I'm so thrilled Corey Lindsley's making bank in the NFL. So is Andrew Norwell, a guy that still one of the biggest mysteries of life is how he wasn't invited to the combine, uh, you know, along with some of his former teammates like Corey Lindsley and another guy that will be on my list. So I have a two-way tie for number five with Andrew Norwell and Corey Lindsley. So just yes, for the listeners out there that are wondering, this you know the Urban Meyer era obviously includes 2012, 2013. So players from uh, obviously those seasons will be eligible for our D line and our O line uh, list here. All right. Uh, Mr. Booker, uh, who's number four on your list for the best O-lineman of the Urban Meyer era?
1: Yeah, number four, I got Jack Muhor, All-American, two-time uh, first team, All-Big Ten. Uh, he was kind of one of the, the leaders of that group early on. Uh, he set the tone with the big uglies and saucing the ribs when Ed Warner was in his prime here. So I'm going to go with Jack Muhor, first round NFL selection, and I think uh, – you know, you could make a, make a case for him to be higher, but I have a, a couple guys higher than him. So my number four is Muhort.
0: I have the same pick. I have Jack Muhort. And it's, you know, we, we have not seen each other's lists, obviously. Uh, we're just going off the cuff here. Um, and I have Jack Muhort as well. What's interesting, you know, he had a great career at Ohio State. He looked really good early in his NFL career. He was a second round pick. I think you said first round, but I think he actually was. Second round, early second round. Second, second,
1: my mistake. Uh,
0: no, that's all right. I mean, you know, the first round, second round, What? you know, I mean, uh, you're making a lot of money. He'd be one of those guys, and I know he got banged up. I would have bet heavy that he would have lasted like 10 years in the NFL, but you just never know. And, you know, he got banged up. And he's already out of the NFL, but still made some good coin. And uh, I, I agree with you. I have Jack Muhort number four on my list. All right, I, I imagine – I wonder if our top three are the same. I think they might be – if our top three are all from the 2014 National Championship uh, team, then I, then I think we might have the same top three. All right, uh, Jay Book, who's number three on your list?
1: Yeah, number three, I have Billy Price, uh, Remington Award winner, unanimous All-American, two-time All-Big Ten, lineman of the year. Uh, I mean, if, you, if he was in the military, his coat would be decorated with uh, – awards all over his chest the guy was a a do-it-all play the center play the guard position yeah he was a a leader in the locker room a guy that could be relied upon he played injured uh and he was just your your typical um tremendous Ohio State Buckeye that had a a, uh excellent career here
0: I have Pat Elfline number three and it was it was tough between two and three um Pat Elfline I have number three obviously he was Starting guard on the national championship team, uh you know, eventually moved to center, won the Remington Award just like Billy Price did. You know, Elfline was, I believe, a third round pick by the Vikings. Um, and, you know, I have so I have Pat Elfline. I mean, it's really splitting hairs, but I have Pat Elfline number three on my list. Who is number two on your list, Jonah?
1: I have Andrew Norwell. I just love the way that he played at Ohio State. I know he did get a lot of the hype. Uh, you know, he was two years in a row, uh, big off first team, all Big Ten, and he was just an absolute mauler there. His game transitioned beautifully to the NFL. He signed one of the largest N.F. uh, offense alignment contracts and free agency with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as you mentioned, a guy that wasn't even invited to the NFL Combine. uh, You asked any of those offense alignment, and the name "slobs" pretty much originated from Andrew Norwell. He was just long hair, didn't care, in your face, and was ready to rumble. And he kind of set that attitude for that offensive line room. He was ready to fight you. Anytime, any place. If if you want to have a guy that's going to get off the bus first to intimidate someone, Andrew Norwell will, will be one of those guys.
0: Number two on my list is Billy Price. Um, I have uh, you know he's first round pick by the Bengals, uh, Remington Award winner, as you mentioned. Um, you know I have Billy Price number two on my list. I'm really curious who do you have number one on your list.
1: I have Taylor Decker as my as my number one selection, and and the reason I say that is. When Urban Meyer first took over, uh, they were in desperate need of offense alignment. Uh, When they first came in, he was originally committed to Notre Dame. Jim Bowman uh, pretty much ignored him during his recruitment, and it took them flipping him. And throughout his career, he was a kid that started as a true freshman. The only time that he really struggled— was against Buffalo when he was faced up against Khalil Mack, who took him to the woodshed. But throughout his entire career, just playing that left tackle, how important it was to the offense, to having him as that stability, end up being a first-round pick at number 16 with the Detroit Lions. And I think just the longevity, him starting as a true freshman and just being so reliable throughout his career.
0: I have Taylor Decker, too. Wait a minute. I I, I thought – Wait. So, who am I forgetting here? I, you didn't have somebody that I had in your top five. Did who did you leave out? Billy Price? No, I left out uh, Elfline. You left out Elfline. That's right. Elfline, not Price. You mentioned Price. That's right. Okay, so you left out Elfline. Ooh, that's a tough one to leave out. But I went it the easy, I went the easy way and had a tie. At least we <laughs> were like. Them. At least you were a man about it, and and actually had a top five, and and didn't go with a tie. All right, so that's right. So you leave Elf line out. That's right. Um, top five defensive linemen of the Urban Meyer era. All right, reverse order. I'll go first this time. I have, and people are going to skew me for this since he's still playing. And there, how can you put him over certain guys? Number five, I have Chase Young. Chase Young, I have his, I he had a tremendous year last year, and I think he's going to have a tremendous year, even better this year. I think he's going to be a top five pick. I have – and my gosh, the, the the amount of defensive linemen from the Urban Meyer era alone, it's just tremendous. Um, but I have Chase showing number five. Who do you have number five, Jay Book?
1: I have Sam Hull. Um, I know he was a guy that uh, the coaching staff loved. He moved around early on in his career. Once they were able to settle him, he was able to get his black belt in Larry Johnson's uh, craft of, of ninja judo techniques. So with him, he had 30 TFL, 17 sacks. And he was just a guy that was in a rotation, but he was also an impact player. And I, I look for him to do big things this year for your Cincinnati Bengals.
0: I hope so. That was a great pick by them. Um, I'll just spoiler alert. I have, I have Hubbard just out. If I, I should, cause I didn't want to do a tie twice. I had Hubbard. He's would been, he's barely out. I almost had a Hubbard chase young tie for number five, but I've chased him just a little bit ahead of Hubbard. So Hubbard's not on my list. Number four, I have John Simon. Um, not the NFL player that Hubbard is even already, but you know, I, just looking at, at his Ohio state career, even though it was only one year with Urban Meyer, I have John Simon number four. Who do you have number four, Jay Book?
1: Number four, I have Michael Bennett, uh, a guy who, over his career, was able to rack up 18 sacks. He was kind of uh, he started off early on on the outside, but really settled on the inside. He was a leader in that locker room. 31 and a half tackles for losses. So Michael Bennett was my number four selection.
0: I like it, I like it. I love Mike Bennett, another guy that I hated to leave off. He along with Sam Hubbard, barely missed my list. Um, all right, number three, I have Big Hank. Jonathan Hankins. I had I almost uh, I almost had to go with somebody else. but I went with Big Hank number three, Jonathan Hankins, a really underrated I like guy. Uh, I love Big Hank at number three. He was a guy that you know played in the trestle era. He played the one year with, with uh, Luke Fickle and also played the one year with uh, uh, Urban Meyer and helped that 12 0 season. So I, I have Big Hank, number three.
1: For my number three, I have Ty Con Lewis, uh, a tremendous leader in that locker room there. He was a guy that really uh, showed, showed those younger guys how to prepare and get themselves ready to go. Uh, so that's something that I put a lot of value into. Uh, career-wise 23 and a half sacks uh, 37 TFLs and I think he you know just his leadership and 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 the way he was able to teach those younger guys really helped set the tone for Larry Johnson in that defensive line room
0: should have done like a top 15 for the D lineman because I hate leaving guys like Taekwondo (laughs) Sam Hubbard and some of these guys that that I've let Mike Bennett I, I left Adolphus Washington off. There's so many guys that are, like, really, really, like, not just good players, but great players that I, I have left off this top five. All right. Um, number two, I have Nick Bosa as the second-best defensive lineman of the Urban Meyer era. You know, almost like, you know, it's a little bittersweet. We didn't get to see as much as we wanted to. But, um, my gosh, his sophomore season, he was tremendous. I mean, he tore up that Cotton Bowl. They probably don't win the TCU game, frankly, Jay Book. Um, in 2018, if not for Nick Bosa just dominating that game until he got hurt, ironically the same game that he got hurt that ended his collegiate career. So I have Nick Bosa number two on my list. Who's number two on your list?
1: Number two, I have John Simon there. I, I, as you can see with, with the way I've picked, I'm a I'm just a huge leadership type of guy, and John Simon was Mister Cap. He was he was you know the packed in America for his Ohio State football program throughout his entire tenure here. And, and that, that squad was really devastated when he was he missed that Michigan game due to the knee injury. But just two TFLs, 20 and a half sacks throughout his career, and he was a guy that just brought his lunch pail to work week in and week out while he was at, a, at Ohio State. So I have John Simon, too.
0: I have Joey Bosa number one. I'm guessing you do too. So that means you left Nick Bosa out. Who do you have number one?
1: I have I have Joey Bosa as well as my number one. And you left Nick Bosa out. I left Nick Bosa out. I mean, he, he had that one year, like, as you mentioned, that was great. But a lot of times, you know, he was in the rotation, subbing in package-wise, and then he missed, you know, last year due to injuries. He just didn't have a full body of work um, for me to make my top five. Obviously, you know, he, he's the most highly drafted defensive lineman that, you know, Ohio State has had. And so talent-wise, yes, but when it comes to full-body of work, I have them slightly outside. I had them at, n- at number six there, and then uh, I had Chase Young number seven. But since we're doing top five, I had to leave them on my list.
0: Yeah, it's tough with the D-line. And like I said, we should have done, uh, done a top 15. Maybe we will at some point um, this summer. <laughs> Maybe this summer we'll do a top 15. Um, it already feels like summer here in Ohio. I'm sure it always feels like summer if – after about what march where you're at in arizona um but uh great stuff as always from jonah booker thank you very much j book and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show i appreciate it hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend let's hear the buckeye swag best damn band in the land